over a period of time, a family had been suffering at the hands of a sustained campaign of harassment, which they have been regularly reporting to the police. But the investigations are quickly dropped due to the lack of evidence. But the harassment doesn't show any signs of easing and in fact begins to escalate. On the night of the 6th of October 2007, events take a dark turn. A fatal shooting will take place. This is Nordic True Crime. Due to the sensitivity of today's case, some of the real names of the people involved have never been released, so we will be using aliases throughout this episode. Rödeby is a sleepy town which lies in the southeast part of Sweden in the county of Blekinge. It's a relatively small place with around 3,500 inhabitants. In 2007, the police had received several complaints from residents claiming that a group of youths were up to no good. They were hanging out by the grocery store in the center of the town, driving around on their mopeds, often racing each other. By the time the police respond to the complaints, the youngsters have already driven away or just standing there, acting calmly, as if nothing has happened. Since the police hadn't been able to catch them committing any crime, All they could do was have a quick chat with them, hoping that they would listen to their advice and not disrupt the locals' everyday lives. There was only one police officer responsible for the whole district where Rödeby is located, and he was working 40 hours a week, mostly present in the town during the weekends. That meant that if you were a criminal planning to carry out an unlawful act, that it was fairly easy to figure out where the police officer was likely to be due to his busy schedule. And more often than not, the youths were seen hanging around the center of town during the week when the officer was off duty. After several calls and complaints to try and defuse the situation, the police decide to talk to one of the boys, called Simon, who would sometimes hang out with the leader of the group, who we will call 
Anton. Simon was described as a nice, ordinary boy who had a passion for motocross, and he was also considered to be more reasonable than his friends. Simon and his stepdad meet up with the police, and together they agree that he would speak to his friends in order to get them to behave in a more respectable manner. One family in Radeby lived on a large isolated farm out in the woods. The long gravel road which led up to the house was surrounded on both sides by trees. Their nearest neighbour lived about one kilometre away from the farm. The father of the family, who we will call Fredrik, and his wife had two daughters and one son, who we will call Sebastian. Sebastian suffered from mild learning difficulties, which made him a little bit different to most people his age. In a small town like Radeby, being different is sometimes not appreciated by everyone. Unfortunately, Sebastian was bullied on a daily basis, especially by a younger group of boys who were known as the Mopedligan, roughly translated as the Moped Gang. The gang consisted of roughly six boys in and around the age of 15. The boy who was considered to be the leader of the group, Anton, was friends with Sebastian's cousin, and one day, the cousin comes up with the idea to prank call Sebastian. On an online community called Lunarstorm, they create fake profiles in Sebastian's mom and dad's name where they urge people to call their home telephone in the middle of the night and scream. The prank calls start to come through to Sebastian's house. Sometimes it's several times per night, and unbelievably, these calls won't stop for years to come. When Anton and his friends are out driving on their mopeds, they often see Sebastian driving by on his moped. They all think that he looks stupid, because he doesn't know how to change gear, so he was always driving in first gear whilst wearing a thick overall, even in the middle of the summer. Anton and his friends would poke fun at Sebastian and would sometimes film him with their mobile phones. However, Sebastian did have a friend who would always stick up for him, a friend 
who we will call Lars. He says they were always being followed by the moped gang and were constantly harassed every time they saw them. One time, Anton and his friends drive up next to Sebastian whilst he is also driving and try to turn his moped off and steal his keys. They also tried to push Lars off his moped at the same time. The gang then park a bit further down the road and laugh at Sebastian and Lars as they attempt to defend each other from the bullies. This incident scared Sebastian, according to Lars, and he was visibly upset. So Lars and Sebastian try to avoid going by the school during the evenings, as they know that this is one of the areas the gang would frequent. Sometimes they don't have a choice but to pass by the road leading to the school, but it's worth the risk because they have so much fun together, especially when they go fishing or when Lars visits Sebastian at his farm, which he would often do. It wasn't just Sebastian who was suffering at the hands of the bullies. Sebastian's entire family faced harassment from Anton and his gang. The family's mailbox was smashed up and thrown into the woods so many times that they eventually had to have their mail forwarded to another address in order to actually read any mail they received. Their car was also spray-painted in different colors and had the word DAMP scrawled all over it. DAMP stands for Deficit in Attention, Motor Control and Perception, a controversial psychiatric concept which relates to conditions such as hyperactivity. Holes were also made in the farm's fences allowing the family's sheep to escape. All of these incidents are reported to the police, but none of them led to an arrest. Most of the reports are not even investigated. Instead, they are instantly dropped due to so-called lack of evidence. Even though it seems like the police are not doing much to catch the perpetrators, the mere fact that the incidents are being reported infuriates Anton and his gang. As punishment for this, they decide to escalate the harassment. On one occasion, they see the family out driving and decide to drive up behind the car and open the car boot a crazy act of stupidity endangering the lives of everyone in the car. Sebastian's family feel like they are not getting any support at all from the authorities. They are becoming more and more isolated and feel like they are being left to face the problem on their own. 
On the afternoon of the 5th of October, Sebastian's father, Fredrik, was on his way home from shopping. As he is driving home, suddenly, Anton and his friends appear beside him on their mopeds and open Fredrik's car door, which almost causes him to completely lose control of the vehicle. When Fredrik gets home, his wife tells that she was also followed by Anton on his moped earlier that day. The constant harassment has taken its toll on Fredrik, and that night he has a few glasses of whiskey and takes a sleeping pill before going to bed. At the same time, Anton and Simon are hanging out with some other friends outside the local youth center by the school in Radeby. A car drives by and parks a bit further down the road from the boys. Two men get out and walk over to the youngsters. One of the men is the 26-year-old boyfriend of Sebastian's sister. He says to Anton, Stay the fuck away from my girlfriend's brother. The situation escalates and a struggle ensues, which ends with the 26-year-old hitting Anton on the head with a beer can. The two men then get back into the car and drive away. Anton was furious and wanted to retaliate immediately. He wrongly assumed that the boyfriend was driving to the farmhouse where Sebastian lived, so he borrowed a mobile phone and called the house. That evening, Lars was visiting Sebastian, and they were sitting together playing on their computers. Sebastian's dad and sister were both sleeping, whilst his mother and other sister were not at home. They had no idea what had happened earlier outside the school, so they're surprised when Anton calls the house. He says that the whole gang will be paying them a visit and will put an axe through their door before killing all of them. Six of the gang drive up to the farm in order to get revenge on Sebastian's sister's boyfriend. Anton and Simon are amongst the group. Simon had never participated in the bullying and harassment of Sebastian and his family. He was described as a very friendly and nice person who was always there for his friends. Anton would later say that's probably why Simon came along to Sebastian's house that evening, to be there for his friend. As the gang was getting closer, they parked their mopeds some distance from the property so that the family would not hear them coming. They then sneak up to the house, 
collecting various improvised weapons on their way, such as wooden sticks and plastic rods. When they reach the house, they decide to call the family to let them know that they are waiting for them in the darkness. Lars looks out the window but can't see anything, so he turns the floodlights on and then, to his shock, sees several people coming out from hiding in the bushes and the garage. He could see that they were carrying various weapons and they begin screaming and yelling. The family is understandably terrified and Sebastian calls the police. Just before Sebastian made the call, his father had woken up and was making his way to the bathroom. He realizes that there is something going on and hears the boys saying that there is people outside who are there to kill them. Friedrich makes a snap decision and opens his gun cabinet, picks up his rifle and loads it. In Sweden, it's illegal to be in the possession of any firearm unless you have a license. These licenses are strictly controlled by the police and are only approved to license hunters, target shooters, who must be an active member of a target shooting club, or to serious gun collectors, which are verified by the police. There are approximately 619,000 people in Sweden with gun licenses, in a country with a population of 10.1 million. Friedrich was a hunter and therefore very experienced in handling firearms. With the rifle in his hand, he walks outside the front door together with Lars to confront the youngsters. Anton is standing at the front, holding a wooden log in his hand. Simon is standing a few steps behind him and the rest of the boys stand a bit further back. Anton says that he wants to talk to the 26-year-old about the incident earlier that evening, but Fredrik doesn't answer him. He just loads his rifle and points it at Simon, then shoots him in the arm. The boys all start running away from the house, but Fredrik follows them, shooting Anton first in the thigh and then in the back. Simon gets hit once again in his chest from a distance of only one meter. In total, four shots are fired and Fredrik then returns to the house and takes the phone off Sebastian, who is currently talking to the police. He says to the police dispatcher, quote, I have shot two guys. 
They have been terrorizing us for six months now. And now they arrived here saying they would kill the boy. I have two mentally disabled boys here. I lost my cool and shot them. End quote. A few seconds later, when the realization of what he has done hits Fredrik, he interrupts the dispatcher in order to throw up. In the meantime, Anton is lying out in the courtyard, seriously injured. He tries to stand up, but his body doesn't respond. He could only lie there on the ground, twisting and turning in agony. Lars walks up to him and says with a smirk, Not so cocky anymore, are you? Sebastian comes out of the house and tries to help Anton. He then sees Simon lying further down the road, and both he and Lars rushes to his aid. But his gunshots are so severe that he dies in front of their eyes. Anton, on the other hand, survives, despite being severely injured. The bullet was just millimeters from hitting the spine, whereas his lungs, spleen, intestine, and ribs are all shattered by the shot. He goes through numerous operations and is in a coma for three days. In the aftermath of the shooting, both the small town of Rödeby, the rest of Sweden, is divided in two. It was that simple. You were either on Fredrik's side or the young boys. The comments are harsh, especially online. Many young people from Rödeby are forced to deactivate their accounts on Lunarstorm because they feel they are being targeted for harassment and hateful comments. Someone puts up posters in the school which say, shoot another moped rider. And among the lit candles, which are placed on a memorial site for Simon, someone puts down a cake to celebrate his death. But on other online forums, Simon is almost considered to be a hero, and a lot of sympathy lies with the six boys. As the trial date gets closer, both the prosecutor and the judge receive threats. Losh is called to testify, and he too receives threats. In one incident, someone even tries to run him over. Fredrik is charged with both murder and attempted murder. 
it is proven that Simon was shot at a close range in the chest whilst kneeling. The prosecutor argues that this must be considered to be an execution. Friedrich's defense lawyer argues that he wasn't aware of what he was doing and didn't intend on killing anyone. On this basis, he believes that he should not be charged. According to Friedrich's own testimony, he said he panicked and all he could think about was defending Sebastian and Lars against the gang who wanted them dead. The two different psychological evaluations ruled that Friedrich, at the time of the shooting, was suffering from a severe psychological derangement, a psychotic stress reaction. The courts decided that Friedrich was not guilty and he was freed. But later, at the appeal, he was charged for manslaughter and serious assault. However, he was never sentenced to any time in prison because it was deemed that he committed the crimes during a psychotic state of mind. But because this wasn't a long-lasting psychotic condition, he couldn't be sentenced to psychiatric care and was therefore allowed to return home. During the spring, another trial is held in regards to the home invasion carried out by the moped gang that evening. They are all convicted, and Anton gets additional charges for unlawful threats and driving under the influence. Simon's funeral is held on the 9th of November 2007. The church is full, with many youngsters in attendance. His cross bike was parked outside and he was buried in his motocross outfit. And for years to come, Simon's friends would come to the exact spot where Simon died that evening. They would lay flowers in memory of their friend. Sebastian's family, who still live in the same house, put up a table for those who came to remember Simon, so that they had somewhere to sit and reminisce about their dear friend. <laughs> 